Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com slash shift. Kevin Carton is our guest today. Kevin specializes in empowering people to discover and live their soul's purpose. As a life mastery consultant, Certified through the Brave Thinking Institute, he has spoken on stages in front of thousands of people, which led him to being described as a young Bob Proctor and the next Tony Robbins. He shares insights and inspiration on his podcast, Science and Spirituality, which has been downloaded over half a million times. As a sought-after speaker, teacher, and coach, Kevin's workshops and coaching programs have helped hundreds of people break through limitations and achieve greater results than they've known before. Kevin Carton and Robert discussed the law of attraction and so many wonderful things related to abundance and our access to it. Kevin shares his belief that we must live in integrity, and he teaches about that we live in a reflective reality. It is important to take control of your thoughts and use them for your own good and the good of others. We each have the opportunity to stoke the fire for good in the world. Kevin! Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on the show and just looking forward to a a great conversation. And I know I'm going to learn so much, but more importantly, you're going to provide so much value for our audience. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity too. I was thrilled to see that email and that invitation and I always love sharing. So, um, and I I love you, man. It's been awesome knowing you. I mean, we've known each other for what, several years now, a handful of years um, now we're reconnecting, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation as well. Thank you, Kevin. I definitely appreciate you too. And, and, and I'm bummed that we haven't, you know, connected more recently. And so mm. obviously our times have, have left us both working virtually and no longer yes. networking and, and doing yep. the things that we did when we met. So mm-hmm. definitely appreciate you. So obviously your, your specialties, um, kind of based in the law of attraction and helping mm-hmm. people better understand, um, the law of attraction as it applies to their life and business. Um, but what got you there? What, 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 Mm. what made you make that jump into entrepreneurship for yourself? Uh, That's a really good question and a long story, but I will make it short to the main points, of course, because it was, it was years building up to that kind of like leap and then creating my own business and teaching people this. Cause one thing that I hold dear as a core value in my life, I got from my mentor, she says, that to, to believe in integrity. And I, I, I believe in integrity. It's one core value. But what that means to me is that I live what I teach and I deliver what I promise. So when I made the leap, I, I, I had this knowing that if I was going to actually teach people in the law of attraction, building a dream, living a life they love, that if I wasn't living it yet myself, then I wouldn't be able to actually give that to others. Because there's many there are many people that can talk about the law of attraction talk about principles of success and like, you know, living a life that you love building dreams. But if you're not demonstrating that, then how much weight or value do those words have? You know, it's like you can intellectually know a concept, but if you're not living it, then you're not embodied in it. So it was some years to build up to that, you know, because I I first started just studying personal development back in 2013. And it came through because I, I got an opportunity or someone introduced me to network marketing and uh, I was in a handful of companies for maybe four or five years in total, but that honestly got me started in personal development because no matter what company you work with in network marketing, the common thread with network marketers is developing yourself personally, is getting to know yourself more, growing, um, understanding yourself in a greater way. So that's what got me started in, back in 2013. So it was some while ago. And my first book that I ever read in personal development was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which I mean it couldn't have been a better book to start out in terms of my study. And I just, I became like a thirsty sponge to that information. I just felt like it just sparked something in me that I, I always known was there. 
in that in, es- in essence, we all have limitless potential that we can grow, but I didn't have a framework or an understanding of how I can apply that into my life. And so I started just studying just, and I was in school to get my doctorate in pharmacy and was on a path, but uh, long story short, after some time, like a year, year and a half of like studying personal development and realizing the path I was in, I realized it wasn't my passion. Like I had chosen that career path because I, it was, it was logical. It made a, a lot of money. Like after you graduated with a doctorate, and it helped people. Like I saw that, like I would want to help people. I knew that that was something I had cared about, but I also love science. And so all of that made sense. But up until like, I realized like, actually, I really don't want to be doing this. So that was a very difficult decision, but that decision right there of like leaving pharmacy school, which I did get a four-year degree, which I'm very proud of, very grateful for, um, but I didn't continue to get my doctorate. That started my whole journey to where I am now and teaching these principles of success and the law of attraction. So long story short, I, I, after it was over about four, four and a half years that I, I started applying what I was learning. I got a mentor. Uh, I actually got a, a, a synchronistic opportunity to work for a multi-million dollar life coaching company as a content developer over time. Cause I was so interested in this work. Um, and over time over those, I think it was about three and a half years that I worked for that company that I was so in love with this, that I wanted to give more directly of my, uh, what I felt like was my gift. Um, because I was writing about personal development principles and the law of attraction. I was, you know, ghostwriting ebooks and editing videos, doing a lot of behind the scenes work for another coach. But I really wanted to make this kind of impact directly in people's lives instead of being behind the scenes. So that's a very truncated story of eight years to where I am today. Um, so, but it really all began of just that that spark of interest. Nice. Well, I mean, there's so many things. First of all, I love the integrity, obviously coming from a ministry background, having spent 20 years in ministry, the integrity of, you know, live what I teach and teach what I live, you know, yes. applies definitely to, to the work of, of ministry and certainly transfers over to personal development and oh, yeah. this idea of manifesting your dreams and, and tapping into the universe or to the source, right. To God um, yes. to bring about, you know, change. I, I really, really love that. But then even network marketing, right? Everybody, it's interesting to find how many people kind of downgrade or, or poo-poo network marketing. But the truth mm. is there's a reason that network marketing companies focus on personal development mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because it's because it's necessary. Yes. And it's really necessary for the people that aren't entrepreneurs, don't have that natural entrepreneurial spirit. Yep. Because that really, that personal development is what's going to give them that mindset shift they really need mm-hmm. to be able to grow a business and to believe in themselves and to to have the fortitude to handle you know what's necessary to make a business really grow and of course i think that's what happens is the successful people in network marketing embrace that and yes. just do it and do the work believe in themselves and of course you know the other 80% of the people <laughs> we know you know, spend a little time in it. They dabble, they dabble. And then, and then they tell the world, well, that doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because I've tried because that. they didn't really work it. Right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's and, fascinating. And the, the truth is entrepreneurs are really in the same boat. And the reason you yep. and I both have jobs is because we come alongside people that have made a decision to, to leap into an unknown space mm-hmm. in a lot of ways Yep. And the personal development side of that is where we can come alongside them and help them better understand their mind, better understand how their mind can serve them in, mm. in building and growing a business. And it just sets them up for a, a much greater level of success. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because it's literally going back to the point you made before and that echoed what I said is that you live what you teach because there's, there's an energy with that. You know, like well, it's not like absolutely. it's not something that you've read in a book before, but you sure you've read it maybe first to learn it, but then you applied it. Like you actually got results in your life by means of that. And so there's a whole level of awareness that is very different when you're living it or have some results or some experience of like, oh, I've gotten re- like an experience of results from it. That's how that actually works. It's kind of like that, that, um, that age old saying is like, you can talk about how a banana tastes all you want, but unless someone actually takes a bite of that banana, they're not going to know what it actually tastes like. Absolutely. That's a, that's definitely an interesting analogy. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> you can describe it in all kinds of different ways, but until you actually experience it, um, and, and I think that's kind of the same way with, with plans, right? We, we all want to make these plans and there's, there's so many people with this perfectionist spirit, right? They want to, they want to have their business plan lined out. They want to yeah. have a hundred different steps. They want to know exactly what they're doing for the next eight weeks. Mm. And then you get punched in the face, right? Like yeah. you take that first yep. step and you realize that, oh, that's different than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> and steps and steps two through a hundred that you had written down and taken so much time and care to work on no longer apply. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so helping people be able to see that, you know, you really only need the next step. Exactly. And because the next step is going to set up the next step. And we just yep. take each each step in our growth journey and our business journey one step at a time and not get caught up in this perfectionism and this idea of trying to figure out, you know, a hundred steps down the road. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the reason why that's, that's so prevalent is because when you're questioning or thinking like, oh, I need to know all the, the action steps to take or like, why didn't this work out? Like ultimately what you notice is that that's an, a thinking that generates a vibration that is of lack of <laughs> disbelief. And we, I mean, I think your listeners in this podcast, and I know you know this yourself, Robert, is that if you have any levels of that, if it's overwhelming, if that's like the major dominant way you're living your life of having th thoughts of doubt or worry or unsureness, like that bleeds into your results. Mm. It's, it, it, the, the, we live in it. What I like to call is that we live in a reflective reality mm. is that the universe reflects back to us our most major dominant thinking and feeling. That's it. It's in essence, another way of saying that the, the perception that you have of life is often how you're going to experience life. And it's, mm. it's straightforward, very straightforward. But when you really dive deeper into that and really think about that concept, it's like, wow, then those kinds of worries, thoughts, like, or those, those awareness, like, oh, I, I should have more. I just, I, I should have more ideas of what to do, or like, this should be working out differently. And like any of those thinking, you know, those thoughts are actually just the stumbling blocks that most people like are falling over. And it's so nuanced, right? Because it's so subtle. It's like, we have to be aware. We have to be tuning in, just being aware. It's like, okay, what's the level of thinking I'm coming from today? How do I feel about my life, my opportunity, my business, where I'm going? Like, if there's not a level of belief, there's nothing we can do. And we right. have to shift that internally first before anything externally will change. Because here's another beautiful thing to see is that you can do all the things that you think are right to do. But if you're not aligned, if you're not feeling like those steps are aligned with you, like you're having any level, if you're not having a level of belief, and then that's going to move you forward, then the action steps are honestly almost useless because you're not growing by means of it. Like my, cool. my, my way of saying it to like break it down even more simply is that often people know what to do, but they're not doing what they know. And the reason why is because that feeling is not there. That, mm. that, that expression of just ourselves and our belief and just possibility is not there. And so mm. then again, the universe reflects back, back to us. It's like, oh, this person doesn't believe. I'm going to give them more you know, experiences that is just going to cause more disbelief. It's a reflective reality. Well, and, and, and obviously you see that in personal health, right? Because mm. all of us know, all of us know something that we could do to be healthier right we yep. know we could eat a little better we know we could exercise a little more or we could do just even little things and of course you know we choose we choose not to do those things that we know we choose yep. not to apply those things in our lives because we don't we don't truly believe that we want that better health exactly yeah, yeah. and that's why so i think the gap, that's the primary yeah. place to work yeah like the, the gap, gap between like, knowing and doing right exactly exactly which is why, like you were saying before, is like it's so powerful to have someone like yourself or like me or any coach, any support structure to help you believe in yourself when it's hard to. Because we all go through times. Like I, I love the idea that like coaches who don't have coaches are hypocrites. Of course. Like if, yeah. <laughs> if we don't have the support in our life, then we're not fully believing or fully living what we teach. Ooh, absolutely. Well, and the, the challenge is it's so stinking sneaky. Yeah. Right. I mean, really, so many times we think, you know, I'm manifesting, you know, a different salary. I'm manifesting a different level of income. I'm manifesting these different things. But you're really thinking about 
the lack. Yep. Right? You're thinking about, oh, I don't have enough money to pay the bills. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have enough. I don't have enough of this. I'm, I'm not good enough in, in this area. And you're, you're, you're wanting the, the, the thing, but you're, you're thinking about the lack. And so exactly. you're manifesting the lack in your life. And yes. And so let's talk a little bit more about how, how do you transition that? How do you, how do you communicate to your brain and, and retell that story? Hmm. Yeah. Fantastic question. I think it begins with the place where we all know to begin, but even though I think this is self-evident, I think it's worth saying to begin with is that we have to have the awareness first of what we're doing. Like really being aware is like, oh, I am in a habit of thinking from lack and acknowledging that because it's painful to look at. It's painful to acknowledge the mistakes that we've made. It's not, it doesn't feel good no matter how you cut it. Right. And so that, that first level of awareness in at the very least a neutral energy that's essential, I believe, because I don't think it's approachable many for many people to like have a positive outlook when they're aware is like, oh, I've I've really been messing up here. I've not been aligned with the good that I want to create in my life. I've not been thinking from abundance. I've been thinking from lack. It's painful to look at. So at the very least, a neutral a neutral energy, as well as like, okay, like I, I'm I'm aware now. I might not need to, you know, feel good about that or feel like, you know, I'm making progress by means of that. But at the very least, I'm not going to beat myself up for the lack of awareness up until now. Mm. That's essential, I believe, is just having a neutral energy. And just honestly, I see it as like a self-inventory first. It's like being honest with ourselves because so often we're not. Like we do with ourselves, right? And so that's the first step is just having just at least a neutral energy, looking at ourselves honestly and giving ourselves that space, which sometimes it's difficult to do that for ourselves, which is why it's so powerful, again, to have support. Because then you can hear from someone who knows how the laws of the universe work, like yourself, like myself, like any other really great coach, is that you can be, it's it's just that awareness that could be reflected back to us and also holding an energy of like, it's okay. It's like kind of like a, a, a parent, right? Like uh, consoling the little child is like they've, you know, fallen down or like, you know, learning how to ride a bike. It's like, oh, like, you know, I, I will never get this. But then the parent says like, no, you, you got this. You can totally do this. It might not, you might not see, you know, that path yet or see how it's possible, but I know you can do it. What's so, the, the power of borrowed belief? Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it begins there. And I don't think it's impossible to do this on our own. It just, it's just way easier and it takes way less time to do this with someone else, like have support. So that's definitely the first step. But then the second step, actually, I was funny enough. I was just on a coaching call with a client just 10 minutes before we began. And she's going through a program that I have about the laws of the universe. And we actually just covered the law of attraction, go figure. And there's two, there's actually three components of the law of attraction. One, one of which most people are, are not really working with. So the first two that most people are working with is having a clear desire, knowing exactly what you would love. That's essential. The second part of the law of attraction is expecting that desire to be yours, like having a belief, a level of belief, right? But the third piece that most people don't really work with consistently enough is keeping their attention on a regular repeated basis on what they would love. Like you were just sharing before. Is that like just we're so often thinking from lack, even though we know what we would love. It's like the clarity is there. Maybe you're expecting it to some degree, but it's those moment to moment basis in our life while we're doing other things, while we're driving to work, while we're washing the dishes, while we're cooking dinner, while we're hanging out with a friend or while we're walking, you know, taking a walk. Like if you notice, really start to notice what kind of conversations, what's the habitual thinking it's very often that, you know, maybe we focus on our goals in the morning or at night, but then throughout the rest of the day, it's like we're back on autopilot. Mm. And so it's those, those moment to moment awarenesses to shift thinking. That's the key. And that's the most difficult work in the world, I believe. Well, and it's, and it's really, you're reprogramming that filter in your reticular yep. activating system, right? You're, yes. You're, you're telling that filter that, look, this thing is important to me. It's in alignment with who I am. And you need to let these, you need to let these awarenesses pass into my subconscious. Yep. And, and I think, you know, there's that idea we, we talked about network marketing, and I think there's probably a similar idea about thinking grow rich. You know, yep. there's millions of people that have read the book. Yep. There's millions that are millions that are making millions because of the book. 
And then, of course, there's the 10 and 20 million that have read the book and said, well, that doesn't work. Yeah. But they never wrote down the six steps. They never posted the six steps next to their bed or the nightstand yep. and read those aloud morning and night, right? yep. planting those seeds. And then, and then, of course, now we have so many more distractions than they had 120 years ago. Oh, yeah. And so we need to have we need to have them on our nightstand, our bathroom mirror, our, you know, next to the car on the speedometer on the door. We need to put them in a few extra places because we've got so many other things taking our mind in, in, in a ton of different directions that mm -hmm. clearly, you know, wasn't the case yeah. <laughs> when Napoleon wrote the book for oh, most yeah. people. Right. Yep. And so, yeah, I love that, you know, clear desire. Of course, Napoleon Hill calls it a burning desire. And the only yes. way something becomes a burning desire is if you just, you, you repeat it. I think, I think it has to be tied to your purpose in that's inside of you, right? It, mm. it has to come out from, from this purpose and be tied to it in some way. Um, mm. and, and for me, that's how are you serving humanity? How are you making a difference or an impact? Right. Cause if, yes. if it, if it doesn't have that kind of purpose, if you're not serving humanity in some way, then it's selfish and, and a selfish aim just isn't, it, it is, these things aren't going to work with, yep. with a selfish aim that we were created for more than that. Right. We're, exactly. we're not created to be selfish beings. We're created to be incredible servants of humanity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think when we choose to do that, you know, incredible things can happen. And so I think yes. that's what makes the expectation stronger as well, right? Is that burning desire comes from your a, a purpose that's from within your heart that's connected to the universe. And and that expectation just lights you on fire. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so so you expect to 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 attract the people to you that are going to help make this happen and the yes. connections that are necessary to help make this happen. Yes. And then of course fixing your attention on it on a regular basis just reinforces that self-belief. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the value of a coach is that for that period of time between, between, Oh, this doesn't really work. And Oh my gosh, this really does work. Yep. Is that borrowed belief from somebody mm -hmm. else that says, Hey, you've got this, this is an exactly. incredible thing and you're doing incredible things. And you, you just wait and see what's going to happen <laughs> when all of yep. these things align, because you're so close to being in harmony with, with your passion, your purpose, your expectation. And it's just, it can't help but turn into a giant oak tree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And that right there, that's the analogy. That's like the groundedness of this. Like it's all, it's within all of us. It's not reserved for a particular person or a group of people, or just because, you know, you've done something in the past well or not, like it's actually in our spiritual DNA that mm, we're all absolutely designed for this for sure and i and i think so many people are missing right that that the law of divine oneness right we are all connected together yes. all of humanity you know the, the electromagnetic fields more and more you know, napoleon hill called our brain a, a sending and receiving unit like a radio yeah and, and there's so little explanation of that but mm. the truth is science is now catching up and science can can see this this you know thing radiating out of us and you know all of us have had experiences where you know, you wake up in the morning and you think of a friend and, and their name just pops in your head. And then two hours later, you get a text or a call and you're like, oh, I was just thinking about you. And that connection, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's just a coincidence. It's like for me, no, that's that's the vibrations. And 100%. you mentioned that this is available to everybody. Yep. And how many of you listening have had an idea? You just had a thought. And your first reaction to that idea or thought that came into your mind was, oh, that'll never work. Mm. And you let it go. Mm -hmm. And then six months later, you're watching television and you're saying, huh, that was my idea. I yep. thought of that. Yep. And what happens is the universe was giving you a chance. And because you didn't act upon it, it just bounced and, and somebody else had the opportunity to act upon that idea and create that widget or create, yep. solve that problem or create that app. Yep. And, and so often you hear people make that statement, right? Like, Oh, that was my idea. Right. Yep. I was going to do that. Or that, that story, that movie, that was, that was my idea. Yeah. And, and I think so often people are missing that connectedness to the universe because obviously we're, we're so busy and we're so, overwhelmed with life mm -hmm. and all the all the extra inputs we have 
Yep. And of course, it's our comfort zone is just naturally going to say no to those things that are, wait, we, we've never done that before. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why am I going to want to do that? And so, exactly. so I think we miss out on, on so many, our potential, right? We miss out yes. on our potential because, because we're not prepared for it or, yep. or we don't believe it's possible. Or of course you don't, you know, oh, that's not for me, right? <laughs> we mm-hmm. believe the little voice in our head. Yep. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about that voice in our head. And let's how do, do we how do we change that change that tune? Ooh, yeah, this is one of my favorite subjects because this is really where the rubber meets the road, right? Like it was what I was speaking to before is how like you keep your moment to moment awareness attention on what you would love. But of course, there's those times because it's the comfort zone. It's a part of ourselves that wants to stay in the comfort zone. We'll speak up in the form of doubt, worry, fear, and it's often disguised as practicality that it seems practical to stay in our comfort zone because it's what we've known, right? And it's that, you know, the nervous system's trying to stay safe, of course, but no, I think it was a great quote. I forget who says this, but um, no ship ever like was safe, really truly safe in the harbor. It was meant for sailing. Like, sure, yeah, it's going to come up against storms, but it was meant to go through those kinds of storms. So it's like us, like honestly, taking ourselves out into life and really just to start to discover like who we really are. And I see those that voice in our head that causes us to stay stuck, usually for most people. I see it actually as a, a divine helper. And let me share why. Because so often when we hear from that voice or then and we're you know working on developing ourselves, being more aware, it could be very easy to have the reaction of, oh, this is not good. Oh, this is bad that I'm thinking this thought because we're so aware and like we're, we're realizing, oh, my thoughts create my, my reality. So I shouldn't be thinking this thought. And we, we should, we use the word should and just like put that on, on ourselves. It's like, wait a minute, like that's actually a lower vibration that we're, what we're attuning to. If we're making ourselves wrong for thinking those thoughts or having that kind of awareness. So the number one thing I work with in terms of the tool that I use for myself, as well as I coach all my clients into is what I call befriending the fear. And, but it, well, I'm going to clarify when I say by fear, I mean that voice that keeps us stuck. So sometimes it's not like a fear, like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Sometimes it sounds like, you know what? I, I don't think I'm ready. Like, I, I think I just need more, more time. I, I need to, you know, get a better plan. Like it sounds very practical, right? So Absolutely. instead of, yeah. And so instead of resisting that voice, the first thing I think we have to do is really befriend it and just actually love that part of ourselves and realize what it's there for. Like what I was saying, it's like, it's actually there to keep us safe. But if we listen to that voice, it'll keep us stuck. And so just sending love to that is the first step to actually helping that dissolve. But that that's a paradox actually, because the common thinking, and I've heard many of my clients say this, is that I f- I'm afraid that if I actually accept that part of me, I acknowledge that part of me, that's me making it more concrete in my awareness, but that's not true. No, because once you, once you bring it, into awareness it loses its power exactly because 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 you the the fear obviously our bodies are 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 very evolved right our brains uh, the world has evolved over the last you know hundreds of years but the truth is our mind is not catching up yeah our mind is absolutely still stuck in a place where we're in survival mode right Mm -hmm. where where we're fighting to get food water shelter and and be protected from that you know, if we go out to get water or food, we're going to get eaten. Yeah. And our brain absolutely still believes that, right? Mm-hmm. If if our brain had its way, we would not leave the front door yep. because it's a dangerous, scary place out there. And and really, I think we we have the opportunity to educate our brain and, yeah. and communicate with our brain. And that awareness, just remind it, right? Because it's trying to not only is it trying to keep us in the comfort zone because the comfort zone is the safe space that's mm. what it's designed for right the safe space keeps us alive yep but now we're no longer we're no longer in survival mode we have so much opportunity and so much you know things we we can do so many things with so much safety mm. <laughs> that you know we fly on airplanes from city to city and and we build skyscrapers and we just humanity has done incredible things right and yeah. we are at the peak of human evolution right now, right? We, we're at the ultimate, right? Every day there's new and amazing things um, that, that human beings are accomplishing. 
but yet our mind is still saying, no, you're going to get eaten by the tiger. Yep. <laughs> and yep. so now it's our, it's our chance to say, whoa, whoa, wait. If I do a YouTube video, am I really going to get eaten by a tiger? Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and so, so, you know, it's a chance to really have a conversation with that voice and say, wait a minute, what are, what are you, what are you worried about? Mm -hmm. Right. And then say, you know, what is the worst thing that could happen? Because mm -hmm. even the worst thing of going live on YouTube is I'm embarrassed, right? Sure. That's not dead. Yeah. It's not even bleeding a little. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so yeah. I love that awareness, right? Being able to being able to talk to that voice and say, wait a minute, are you are you overreacting? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I want to present something else as well, because I mean, I love that example because that I think we've all faced at some time that like the fear that's speaking to us is really has no foundation, no base. I think the nuance, and actually I'm curious to hear your perspective on this as well, Robert, and I'll share mine, but the, I think the challenge that I think most people face is not just that, not that we don't have an awareness of that, but again, the practicality of some of those fears, like speaking about, I mean, again, entrepreneurship, right? Like that's a leap of faith for many people. And what's the worst that can happen? Oh, like I might get be homeless. Literally, like it, like I remember when I was first starting my coaching business. This was a huge leap of faith because I had a, you know, a, a decent uh, nine to five job working for that content or that coaching company that I was a content developer for. You know, I was making ends meet, like and and had extra, so I had safety, right? But in taking that leap of faith. In the first handful of months, like I thought it was just you know, all work out, but you know, the school of hard knocks, like I, it taught me, but I, there were times that I was actually worried, like, will I be able to pay rent this month or, or will I have to actually like put it on a credit card, which I mean, that's a privilege in itself. Right. But still like that fear, right. Of like literally feeling like I'm in a survival mode. Right. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, the entrepreneur mindset shift. Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com. addvalue2life.com forward slash shift. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So I'm actually, because I have my own viewpoint and like my own experience of like how I transform that. But what would you say to that, Robert? Because I'm curious of like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Or how do you help your clients deal with that? Well, this is where it comes to, well, you don't know, Kevin, you you don't know my situation. Mm. You don't know all the stuff that's happened to me, Kevin. Mm. You, you don't know I'm, I'm different, right? I'm, <laughs> yes. you, you don't know. You, you don't know why it won't work for me. Mm. Right. Mm. And that's that's the story that, that that they're telling themselves is is, you know, well, I I didn't do so good in English class or sure. you, you don't know my parents were this or, or you don't know my my job was this or mm. I, I mean, you don't know. I, I don't I don't have enough money or just all of the you don't knows. Right. Yeah. And, and of course, you, you know, you've heard plenty of them. <laughs> right. Yep. And they're all just the same lies that people are telling themselves. Mm. And really, it's it's excuses for taking responsibility. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And, and I think, I think our, our workforce, right. Our, this opportunity we have to go to be employed by somebody else has made us lazy. Yeah. In <laughs> and, many, many and ways. It's created, yes. it's created this whole group of people that just doesn't want to be responsible for every a hundred percent of their lives. Mm. Now they want, they want responsibility for a hundred percent of the the results with the results, no consequences. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. But just doesn't but work that way. The the transition that I think really has to happen is I'm a hundred percent responsible for everything that happens in my life, regardless mm -hmm. of regardless of whether I caused it or not. Right. Yeah. But I'm not yeah. an effect. The world is not happening to me. In fact, I believe the world is happening for me. And if I believe that the world is happening for me, then I have to be responsible for how I interact with the world. Yes. I'm so thrilled you, you went there because that is a hard pill to swallow. Oh. But I think the reason why also, because like it sounds so convincing with those excuses, right? 
Sure, right. you don't know. Shoot, I remember. I mean, I was like telling myself, even convincing myself, it's like, oh, it's because you know this person or that, or I don't have enough money for marketing or whatever. I'm like, then I think that honestly, for me, like the real shift happened was when I really took a radical responsibility for my life. Because I think, I think I, I have a sense also, and I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I have a sense that many of your listeners are go getters, people that are actually like are taking responsibility for their life. But here's the nuance. Personally, for me, this is where I saw it myself is that I was probably like 98, 90, 99% taking responsibility. But there was those subtle, like small little times where I was like, yeah, no, that's practical. That makes sense. Like I'm going to take on that excuse unknowingly, just very unconscious. And so I was putting the, the, the cause of my results outside of me. Mm. And that was, like I said, hard pill to swallow because there's great evidence for maybe like those excuses but that doesn't change your results. It doesn't change the experience that you have in your life. So why not try something different? Like mm. the conversation that I had, and it's maybe it was some months that really caused this shift within me. But the main point was I really, again, going back to like the radical honesty, right? Of just fully taking that inventory of ourselves is like, all right, if I'm not getting the results I really want, and I really do believe in the laws of the universe that there are ways in which I can create success in my life in my way that I want, then there's gotta be some way. And there's, so there's some part of me that is not fully in alignment with that. And so I gotta go after those parts of me and shift those. So powerful. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I know there's listeners listening and, and you know, they've been in an accident or they've had a terrible trauma happen to them or sure. they've been assaulted yep. and, and, and when we're talking about 100% responsibility for your life, that doesn't take away responsibility from somebody else impacting your life. Yes. Right? 100%. I'm glad so you said that So let's talk a little bit about that. Yep. The nuance right there. My, my favorite words for it. I, I can't take credit for this too. Is, is my mentor who shared this with me that I learned this from. Uh, her name being Mary Morrissey. So I'm ever grateful for this, this shift in awareness because I stumbled upon that before I started working with a coach, working with a mentor. It's like, okay, I believe that my thoughts create my reality, but like, I didn't cause that person to, you know, crash into my car. I mean, full honestly, I've only ever been in one accident in my entire life. And that was um, me. It was definitely my fault, but, <laughs> but just <laughs> as an example, right? Like, oh, that didn't, that's happening to me, air quotes, right? But like you said, everything happens for us. So I, I, I've learned from my mentor that the shift in that responsibility is not, you know, that we create everything, right? Because we are living with 700, 7 billion, 7, almost 8 billion other people that are co-creators as well, thinking their own thoughts, creating their own reality. So we have like, you know, overlaps of influence. But the one thing that we can always take 100% responsibility for is our response to what is happening. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. may not have created that or welcome that experience, but our response to what is happening in our life is what we always have control over. And that's what it means to have that hundred percent responsibility. So it's, yeah, I didn't and, want that to happen in my life. I didn't expect that maybe a person betrayed me financial loss, whatever, like it might not have happened to me. Haven't created that, but you have to take on that responsibility. It's like, all right, well, all right, it is what it is. What am I going to do about it? What thoughts absolutely. am I going to think to create a different reality? Absolutely. And, and even just, you know, things that happened in the past, obviously we can't change them, right? I can't take yep. away an assault. I can't take away um, somebody being hurt by somebody else, but I can help somebody retell that story. Yes. And, and how they retell that story gives them the opportunity to be empowered. Mm -hmm. It gives them the opportunity to um, cut the emotional ties by forgiving. Yes. Right? By, by letting go of the, the emotional attachment to that event. Mm. And, and that changes their energy level and, and their emotions. And, and right. It goes back to, you know, not only does James Allen say we become what we think about, um, but Victor Frankl talks about, you know, that all of us have a space, right. And, and, and that space that we have the choice to, to choose between stimulus and response, you know, that's that little space. And in that little yes. space, we get to choose what kind of human being we want to be. Mm -hmm. And, and even though a stimulus may have happened to somebody 20 years ago, 30 years ago, they have the opportunity to change their response. Yes. And they have the opportunity to say, you know what, that terrible, terrible thing that happened to me, I'm no longer going to be a victim of it. Yes. Because the challenge is you can never make it go away. You can never, never undo what's been done. Yep. But if you're going to allow that thing to 
if you're going to be a victim and you're going to allow that thing to keep you a victim for 20, 30 years, 40 years, then that person continues to have an emotional tie in your life all of those years. Mm -hmm. And until you forgive that, and until you cut that string, until you say, I'm taking 100% responsibility for my life and I no longer am going to be a victim. Mm. This happened for me and I can get this value out of it. I'm yep. cutting that person out and mm. and taking control of my life. And that's challenging. It's not it's not an easy thing. In fact, sometimes it, it requires therapy. It requires it requires help. But but the opportunity to to still take 100% responsibility for my emotional energy, 100% responsibility for for how I talk to myself about it and how I talk to others about it um, is so valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a connection point. I also believe with the infinite, with God, because mm -hmm. that I am power, right? Like if, when we take responsibility, we're connecting with who we really are, mm -hmm. not as this human being, like, uh, you know, we have labels that we call our names, right? That we we're born into. But I, I personally believe that we're much more and we weren't just, you know, created, just born in this time is that we, we were existing before and we will exist after. And I, I like to back it up with some science is that it, it is a scientific principle that has been proven time and time again, that energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just is, and it's transmuted. And so that is us. That's who we really are. And that taking that responsibility helps us connect with that infinite power that is, that is giving us this, this gift of life today. Mm. And that from that is which is from which everything comes from, which I mean, um, I've heard it said that the the laws of the universe are God's modus operandi. Mm. It's how so, it's how so the, the, the infinite works. Well, and the idea that energy can't be created or destroyed, recognizing that our thoughts are energy. Yes. Right. The ideas, the things that, that come into our mind are energy. And that energy is just in constant in constant circulation and constant yep. motion and recognizing that, like you said, we're, we're reflected, right? We're, you know, what we put out into the world is what we receive back. And so mm -hmm. taking hundred percent responsibility really changes that energy that we're putting out, yes. which allows the energy that we're receiving to be completely transformed as well. Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's just a higher vibration that we're shifting to uh, again, so we've talked and again, about and again, prayer as a, as a manifestation tool. Mm. Let's talk a little bit more about that that level of manifestation right what is the power of prayer mm. pausing to just connect because honestly that's uh, i mean it's the place in which or it's a tool i'd say in which we can connect with a higher power and i, I think everyone has their own view or connection or just understanding of what that is and i don't think there's one size fit all for anyone but i think having an understanding that there is of a thing of being an intelligence, whatever you want to call it, that has created all things. I mean, there's an intelligent design, right? Like, um, Buckman, Buckminster Fuller, or maybe it wasn't him. It was, uh, uh, the scientist who created the space program in the United States, forgetting his name right now, but he has this quote and to paraphrase, he says that, um, we, we've learned the laws of the universe to such precision that we can time the landing of a space shuttle from earth to the moon within the fraction of a second and he said like by means of that just like studying i mean mathematics and science physics studying all the laws like the physical laws or the understanding of just like how things work in our world understanding those laws he came to a firm belief that there is a god because there is an organization right like it doesn't just like happen right there's needs to be an intelligence to direct something right so anyway i'm, I'm getting i'm sharing all that to then get to this, this tool, right? It's like, well, what is prayer? Prayer, I believe, is that 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 expression outward toward the infinite, which go figure, even though it's outward, I mean, that connection is always within us, but it's everywhere. But we express our our gratitude, faith, thank, thankfulness, like the, the connection just that we have or what we would love in our life of what we want to create, what we want to see in our life, the good we want to do. We're giving thanks for it before it even happens. I think that's the true, at least it's called affirmative prayer is that particular way in which you use, you use prayer. I know there's many different forms of prayer, but that's, that's my understanding of it is that it's the, what we were talking about before is the expression of that, that higher vibration of energy, right? Of like when we take responsibility, but this in essence is where we're expressing that energy and directing it toward the infinite, directing it toward 
source, spirit, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. And then in like kind, it responds to us as we stay in that frequency and stay in that vibration. Mm, so good. So you mentioned love. What mm. what is what is unconditional love? It's God. And then how does how does that apply to us as co-creators? Mm. Well, I believe it's the only thing in reality. Like the only real thing in reality is is love and that unconditional form of love because love that's that's based on conditions like oh if if you're nice to me if you give me something then i will love you that's that's not the depth of love that we're talking about here is that that love that knows no bounds it's it's infinite and that's why i, I really truly believe it is god it is the infinite god is love um the infinite is love the universe is love and it's so essential to our being because well, there's the so many substance. So many people that have a behavior-based view of God, mm -hmm. right? That yeah. God doesn't like you if you do this or if you do yep. that. Right? We're, we're so performance-based, right? Um, yep. You know, if you're good, you go to heaven. If you're bad, you go to hell. Uh, how, how does unconditional love? For me, it's the highest level of character, right? It's mm. it's if I can attain to a level of. I mean, that's the goal. I, I don't know that there's ever an attainment of yeah. it, right? But but sure. the idea that I could interact with all of humanity unconditionally, right? That that I can love my brothers and sisters in in, in the world without conditions, without mm. expectations, without performance based thinking, that that I'm more I'm more like our creator. I'm mm. more connected to to our creator. And and obviously there's tons of things that interfere with with that level of love um but but i think that if if i were to develop my character and my personal growth to the highest level that's that's the destination right that's where it would be um is that level and i and not that i want to be godlike because i i absolutely mm. but but there is a godlike nature within me right mm. because i was created in the image of god and yes and and i think that obviously that's the thing that distinguishes humanity from all the rest of creation Mm. is our ability to co-create our ability to to manifest and 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 create things out of nothing mm -hmm. <laughs> right we look at everything around you in, in the room that you're sitting in right most people are sitting in a chair or they're sitting in a car or they're sitting at a desk with a computer in front of them yeah all of these things are things that human beings had an idea that came into their knowledge and then they did whatever was necessary to bring the pieces together mm -hmm. to to make all of these devices and all of these things right the table the chair the cup the i mean so many things that that humanity has created that that distinguishes us so much from the rest of creation yeah that that and i think when we when we really do tap into that um unconditional love is the opportunity for us to be the strongest co-creator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And I, I think the reason why is because, and this has actually been now studied, love is the highest frequency, mm. like unconditional love. It's, it's, it's in, in tune with even like enlightenment is that mm. higher vibration of just living. And my, my, I love putting it this way is that in come, when it comes to results, of course, it's like the demonstration of our working with these laws is that what we're really doing is actually just loving our vision into existence. Oh. It's the only way I believe like you can force, you can, you know, really work hard and you know, that, that might produce some result, but like, it's not the most fulfilling at the very least, but very often it actually get a lackluster result because you're not doing it out of love. And you, you spoke to that before. It's like, it's not just for you. It's actually for your fellow human beings. It's like that's actually love that's manifesting by means of the steps that you're taking, the vision that you're holding, the results that you would love. Like it's it's coming from that energy of love, and that, yeah, it's like I said, it's studied in science. Like that, there's the the frequency or that that vibration of love. It it creates an electro that electromagnetic field in the most amplified way, at least when it's been measured by our current scientific instruments. So good. It's incredible. Yeah, oh, I just love. I mean that language, right? Loving your vision into existence mm. is, is so, so powerful. And I agree with you that then when your purpose and passion, your vision is created out of your, an alignment of your purpose and passion, 
to the point where if you keep that in your aware awareness, you're going to love that vision into existence. Mm -hmm. And and the truth is people are, are manifesting all the time, but mm. they're manifesting their misery or they're manifesting yes. their, their current situation and, mm -hmm. and not wanting to take responsibility of it. Right. They're, you know, you know, that's the, Oh, woes me. The world is happening to me and God yep. hates me. And, and, yep. <laughs> you know, and of course their, their world is spiraling out of control mm -hmm. because they haven't taken control of it. Yep. <laughs> it's so straightforward, but you know, it can feel difficult in the beginning because like we're so used to a certain way of living, but there's, there's greater and greater ways to live. And I think it's beautiful like to have, I mean, I, I think it's just amazing. I just to look at the evolution of our species just recently, even the last like several decades that this is becoming more and more common knowledge. And so, I mean, obviously like your podcast is a beautiful channel through which these messages are shared to then have more awareness spread throughout the world. Well, it, it's, I mean, that was one of the fascinating things to me about Napoleon Hill. If you, if you truly read, he basically believes that this will be common knowledge. This will be mm -hmm. taught in the schools. This will be, this will, everybody will, we're going to, that this message will be spread. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the, the truth is it's still kind of hidden, right? Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still not taught in schools and it's not, I, I think there's still an industrial complex that, that fears mm. everybody in the world having it. And, mm -hmm. and yet you and I both know that the divine power is prepared to handle everybody in the world, having that message yes. and, and receiving it. And yet it was the industrial complex that contracted Napoleon Hill to yep. create it. Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah. so there's even, even those that have been successful, there's this, there's this paradox, right? Yep. They they believe in it. They absolutely believe in it. And then there's a piece of it that goes, but wait, what, what that unknown, right? That, that mm -hmm. piece, what happens if everybody's doing it? Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now so they're putting limitations on God and saying, Oh, no, God can only do so much with yep. this little bit here, right? The pie's mm -hmm. not big enough. Exactly. Yeah. And it's our own limitation unknowingly, unconsciously, <laughs> or maybe it is conscious for some people, but like of like, you know, powers that be keeping other people down. But I don't, I don't believe that really is it. I've heard maybe just some, um, some, uh, what's the word for it? Like philosophy that is ultimately saying is that really actually what needs to happen is, is the people rising up. And gaining right. this knowledge and actually practicing it more and more and more. And that will cause the quote unquote powers that be to have to change alongside with the mass of people. Yeah. So it's, who it's knows interesting how it to, to study, change. you know, study Henry Ford and see mm. how much of these ideas that, that Henry Ford was in alignment with yeah. and, and just really loved, mm. you know, but then in his later years, he, he literally fights the union with violence to, to keep the union, you know, for, at first he wants to pay higher salaries and take really good care of his employees. And then I think he starts to lose sight mm -hmm. of it, you know, and, and, and has this fear of there not being enough resources. Right. Sure. You know, I can't, I can't pay them more. I gotta, you know, we gotta, uh, we gotta tighten, tighten the straps and, yep. you know, and he resorted to violence to try to keep the auto workers union from, you know, taking over the, his employees and, and I think you're kind of seeing the same thing, you know, with Amazon and some of these companies now that are, that are, you know, the the company itself has gotten so big mm -hmm. that, that obviously, you know, if you pay a nickel more per hour per employee, it's billions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I think their corporations make decisions differently mm. than, than people that are, that are, uh, you know, manifesting their futures. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it, it, it changes. And like you said, until the people in the, you know, that are doing the labor and doing the work start to, you know, seek change, not, not in the kind of union change, but seek change for themselves and, and mm. seek a higher, a higher understanding of reality. Yep. Um, oh, but how fascinating would it be? Right. Mm. If, mm -hmm. if all of us have this level of enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I think we're on the way to that. It just it's it's looking like something different than maybe many people thought it might look like in terms of like the revolution of consciousness. But I really believe it's happening. And actually, funny enough, I think it's because of our access to technology and if we just use it 
in the proper way or like an expansive way rather than distracting ourselves like you were saying before. Well, and there's still plenty of people that are distracting themselves and and there's so many distractions, right? I mean, obviously social media, regular media and unlimited media. Now you can, you could Netflix and Hulu and, and stream and watch shows pretty much nonstop for the rest of your entire life and never leave the couch. Exactly. And never get to the end either. Right. So much. Yeah. (laughs) Get to heaven's gate and say, wait, I didn't see the end. Yeah. I have to see, I still have another season to watch. What do you do? It was a cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) I'm frustrated with the cliffhanger. Yeah. So how do we, you, you mentioned earlier, right? Keeping your, your attention fixed on our Mm. desire, right? On that, on that, dream that 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 burning desire how how do we how do you wrestle with that how do you keep that front of mind Mm. that's a great question and honestly i've i've experimented with different things and i I don't pretend like i have the answer because i'm i'm still looking for like all right well what is a better way right because i don't think there's never an end to like knowing like what is the most effective thing for ourselves um but i think it goes back to what you were sharing before about a burning desire because that the only way we actually keep something in our attention or awareness is if we're deeply, deeply interested in it. So personally for me, one of the major tools that I use to then stay in harmony with my vision and the results I want to create thinking from that is to stoke the fire of my dream. And what that looks like to me is, is like I have uh, what is called a vision statement. Um, it's a written out version of the life I would love to live in detail and specific images and how it feels and what results I'm experiencing. Many people have different versions of this as like goals or vision boards, whatever works best, right? But um, what I do is on a regular basis, almost daily, I do my best to have this on a regular daily basis. I will sit down, read my vision and imagine as if it was already happening because science has now proven that our mind cannot tell the difference between something vividly imagined and something in our physical reality. Our brain lights up in the exact same way, the neurons fire as if it was exactly happening right now. And then that translates into an emotion that we call, or a vibration that we call an emotion. And that's as if it's actually happening. It's like, we're in harmony with it. And that to me is like the stoking of the fire. And because just in any, like like an actual fire, you think about it, it's like, it's not going to continue burning forever. Even, even though you've given it a ton of wood in the beginning, it's going to, you know, peter out over time. So you stoke the fire just by means of your attention. And personally, for me, it's an almost an everyday thing. Because there, here's the interesting thing is that even though you know you'd love the results that you have in your vision, after a couple of weeks of doing this, it, it can sometimes get kind of routine mm-hmm. or quote unquote boring. Right. Because you you don't have the physical reality yet in your, in, in your, like it's not, the results are not in your physical reality yet. So it's the challenge is still generating the same kind of enthusiasm for creating that result, even if, even though it's been a month, two months, three months down the line, and you're not seeing the exact results you want yet. So it's, it's that dedication, which again, going back to that, I, I echo this all the time is that having support is so essential. I don't think I would be where I am today if I didn't continue to invest in myself by means of working with my mentor, because it's great reminders that I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right the right things. I'm taking the right steps and always reminders about like these, the power of our mind and connecting with our vision. And like, I, I really believe if I didn't have that kind of support in my life, which I meet with my mentor once a week, I don't think I would be where I'm at today and had the kind of level of um, burning desire consistently over time to create the results that mm. I want. So. Yeah. So powerful. I love that. Stoke the fire, right? Yeah. Like, but What's interesting is for me, I thought of how many people are stoking the fire of their negative beliefs. Yep. Right. Yep. I'm just a victim. Oh, God hates me. Oh, mm-hmm. the world is the world's a terrible, terrible place. Yeah. Or even more subtle, Robert. Oh, I've tried this already. I've oh. been looking at this for so long. When am I going to get my break? When is it ever going to happen? Oh, like, luck. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. Those, those are very insidious forms of doubt, but if we keep those locked in our consciousness, what else is going to happen? Just repeat more of the same. Like that's one of my favorite things to think of. It's actually from a video that it's like an inspirational video I found on YouTube some years ago. Um, the speaker is Jim Rohn who God bless him. He's passed on now, but one of the most phenomenal speakers in the world. 
he uh, has this this speak this speech about um, four questions to ask yourself, and the first question is why, why why go this far? Why go for your dream? Why put yourself out? Why study? Why set your intention? Why stoke the fire? Like why? Why would you want to do that? You're gonna answer that question for yourself. Why? The second question. This is my favorite. Why not? <laughs> It's an answer to the second question. And this honestly repeats in my head when I notice myself like kind of doubting myself or feeling like, oh, I'm like, you know, apathetic to my goals or like I've been trying this for so long. I remember his words. He says in that question, why not? It's like, why not you? He says, why not? You got to stay here on earth until you go. What else are you going to do? Like, <laughs> like that perspective is like, oh my gosh, it's kind of black and white in that, that aspect. It's like, I can stay in the victimhood. I know what that's going to produce in my life, but what if I, I I set my intention? What if I come back and be persistent? What if I do the most difficult work in the world and not give up? Mm. What could happen? So why not? Why not? Well, I love Wallace D. Waddles, right? Because because he basically like it's a slam dunk. If, oh, yeah. if somebody else in your neighborhood has done it, then you can do it. If somebody else has done it in that industry, then exactly. you can do it. If you know, basically, you know, he just runs through all the you know, if somebody like, you know, looks like you or sounds like you or talks like you has done it, then you can do it. Exactly. <laughs> there's, yes. there's no excuse. Right. And, you know, we all think about somebody like Donald Trump or Robert Kiyosaki or, or even Jeff Bezos as, as somebody so different. Oh, they're so different. They yep. have so much going for them. Yep. And you know what? They put on their pants the exact same way and they think the same kinds of thoughts that, that we think. Yep. And we absolutely have the capability of doing any of the steps that they've done. Yes. If we choose to do the work that they've done, we'd have the results that they have. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And no matter where we start from too, because there's many examples of like people who, yeah, maybe had some privilege starting out and they've gotten to some of the success they want, but many other people who did not have the, the privileges that we think of, it's like, oh, they started out, you know, in the, the proper circumstance, right. But still achieve great success. Like, I think of Oprah Winfrey as just a phenomenal example of that. She she had very deep, deep trauma from her childhood, abused as a child, and yet still like got into these kinds of ideas, worked with the laws of success, and look at her now. It's just a perfect example of that. Absolutely. Well, and the, and the truth is, you know, it's kind of like if you have the option to 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 choose being miserable or being joyful, mm. why not? Be joyful, right? Exactly. Why not? And so, I love that same statement, right? If 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 you can be successful or you know be lazy, why not? Why not be successful? Exactly. Why yeah. not have all the things that you want? Yes. Yes. So powerful. All right. So now you spend an hour having coffee with with a young entrepreneur sitting across the table from you, and you want to leave them with Kevin's words of wisdom. What would you share? Mm. I love that question. Always love it. Cause I, I've, I've been on maybe a hand, maybe like a dozen interviews so far in my, my business career. And I know that it will continue upward, but, um, I've never changed this answer yet to that question. Like if there's one message you can share is that you have the potential mm -hmm. there's possibility for your life, but that not is, is not coming from a blind faith. That's what I think is the missing link for many people is that they they think like, oh, all right, just possibility thinking, just think in alignment with these laws and like, all right, it'll work for me. Sure, there's a degree of 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 demonstration that'll that'll produce of having that kind of faith, but it's not based on understanding. Faith based on understanding is the most powerful force in the universe, besides cool. love, I think. So it's just understanding yourself at a deeper level, understanding that there is this power that has created all things. It's created you. Like I've heard this said this way, and this connects with me so deeply is that we cannot beat our heart once on our own. Mm. We can't take a breath once on our own. Mm. Is that we're given this gift of life. Call it God, call it spirit, source, the infinite, infinite intelligence, whatever works for you. There's many different labels, many different names in many different traditions and religions, but there's still always this one belief, this one knowing. And now science is coming to prove it through quantum theory, quantum field. There is one power, one presence, one life. And as we connect with that within, knowing that there is this backing within us, that another word for it, or the phrase for it is the universe has your back. Oh. You have that on your side. There's nothing you can't do, really. Man, so powerful. I just love the idea that God is conspiring for your good. Yes. Your higher good. 
Yes. Ooh, so good. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing so much great stuff. I hope everybody stayed right up till the end here because obviously you just laid down all kinds of powerful value and, and helpful advice that, that I think people can apply in their lives. Mm. Awesome. Well, you're welcome, Robert. And thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a thrill to connect with you I mean, and have these conversations with you even deeper. I definitely learned some things and just feel even more inspired by this conversation. So thank you. Well, I definitely feel more connected and I appreciate that. So thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Don Cardona is a storyteller who has combined his passion for story with his ability to produce to help businesses capture stories that communicate their why and help people see their purpose. Over the slowdown from COVID, he went all in making his own documentary story. We chat about all the challenges of doing something completely new and learning as you go. He's winning awards and changing his business as he takes on new challenges.